On today's very special edition of the Mocha Live podcast, and let's not kid ourselves, what edition isn't special? Anyways, we have a very special guest. Emi Kusano is a photographer famous for her photos of street culture in Tokyo's Harajuku. She's lead singer of the synth pop group Satellite Young, and she's also a crypto artist of the highest order. I encourage you to check out her new AI project, Neural Fads, as it's really just an innovative take on what AI is capable of. And that's in large part what we're talking about this week. What is AI capable of? Shivani Mitra and I go deep with Emmy on her approach to AI image generation, on AI's ability to create entire false histories, and on the attitude of Japanese young people towards AI in general. We also get into aesthetics, of course, talk for a while on why the 80s were so dope, and a whole lot more. So please enjoy our conversation with Emmy Kusano on the Mocha Live podcast. Good evening, uh, ladies and germs. It is 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it is 7 a.m. Japanese Standard Time. Uh, as well, this is the Mocha Live podcast. My name is Max Cohen. I'm the lead writer for the Museum of Crypto Art. Uh, joining me this week is Shivani Mitra, director and curator of the Museum of Crypto Art. What's up, Shivani? Hello. And a very special Hello. guest. <laughs> yeah, we have the artist, founder of Shinsei Galvers, lead singer of Satellite Young, who I listened to and I really, really liked, uh, Emmy Kusano. Thank you for being with us, Emmy. Hi, Mocha, everyone. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we are super excited as well. So let's just jump right into it. We have a lot to talk about today, or a lot we can talk about today. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is aesthetics. So, Emmy, you were born in 1990, but you've become pretty widely known in your photography and your music also for this like 1980s inspired aesthetic. In your AI project, Neural Fad, it's there in like this hair metal type clothing. If anyone saw the graphic uh, that we put out for this uh, podcast today, that was a piece from Emmy's Neural Fad collection. Uh, and your mu- music is synths and it's fuzz and it's electronic beats, right? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm curious. Why this attachment to a decade like the 80s specifically, considering you didn't personally experience it? Um, firstly, I spent a lot of uh, my childhood renting CDs from video rental uh, store. And I, I always like transferring into mini disc. I'm not sure like if it's popular in US, but uh, like a little md and the store near my home was like rimming like early 2000s j-pop or like britney spears or avril Lavigne. but however like i went to the library and i could listen cds and records from like after like before 80s like they are all free like if i have to go to like um, blockbuster um, I have to pay for like uh, lending 2000 CDs but uh, I was always like digging like uh, Kylie Minogue or Madonna or Maria Takeuchi and they're like really um, to me it's very more attracting uh, and like I was fascinated like being digging like all the like tv tv show like in our youtube time and i think like um the era i didn't experience that really attract me so much and like um i was also watching like all the anime 
uh, when I was like even younger, and I like I've I noticed that, like lots of like even I'm I'm watching like like um, old anime. Uh, I noticed like like there's a detail um, become like melancholic, like thinking about like all those young characters no longer you know same age as mom my mom or like I found the sense of like in in um I I don't know like uh the fleeting in nature of life mm. it's really drives me my old creativity from like a retro thing. Yeah. So I, I, I have that with the sixties a little bit. Um, not, yeah. I, I, I think more like musically, I grew up listening to all sorts of like old, um, like yeah. you know, hippie records and the Woodstock folks, Shivani, any, uh, any attachment to an old time period? Um, definitely like sixties star Trek. Yeah. That's like what I grew up watching. Um, <laughs> like the, those episodes of like these little aliens that are blobs and, and there's like a poof and you see a fog machine and then William Shatner comes out. Yeah, I mean, some of that stuff I love, but I feel like um, the 80s has like a energy to it, which is post hippie and pre tech. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a little like kind of coked up for a lot of Yeah. better word. Um, and it's fun and it's exciting and it makes me like excited. I, that's probably the, oh, yeah, maybe one of the decades. Your nostalgia for the 60s, how does it manifest, Max? That's a good question. I think just like a general vibe. I don't know. It's still the music that I listen to the most, um, yeah. most like frequently. But the 80s is there too. The, I think that's so interesting, that idea of being post-hippie, but pre-tech, but also kind of being anticipatory about tech. And Emmy, this is something I see a lot in your aesthetic. It's not just 80s aesthetic. Yeah. It's this 80s aesthetic that is very like utopic in its idea mm-hmm. of the future. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, hair metal glam. Um, yeah. I, I think that, com- and that comes through in neural fat as well, uh, a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like every era has a, um, some kind of like uniqueness. Like if you compare it with like after 2010, because I think um, uh, right now it's very um, like all the trends has been like become global. And like people are tends to um, uh, spend the time and like more informations. So like before like nineties, I think people has a more like exaggerated trend that was like domestically born or like it's very like a TV centric or like magazine centric culture, and it's. It's mm-hmm. um we we never like go back to that era so which makes me very melancholic <laughs> yeah yeah we had um we had uh, Linda Dunya on a couple weeks ago and she works with like AI she's based in Senegal uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of what we talked about was AI bias and also the way that AI kind of like normalizes um mm. you know or what's it that it just takes the average of everything, right? And you mm-hmm. had mentioned just a moment ago this like global culture that's more internet inflected. There's less, less and less individual nuance of cultures mm-hmm. and of time periods. It's all kind of becoming flatter. Mm-hmm. And Neural Fad, your AI project, mm-hmm. is so boisterous, mm-hmm. but it's also boisterous, like in its design, 
and it's based on what, what, what do you call it? Records of subcultures that never actually existed. Mm-hmm. Um, which I find so fascinating because we're in this moment where fashion just as maybe a uh, touchstone for everything else, everything's kind of flattening with the use of AI and you mm-hmm. are siloing in a kind of like fairy tale in order to do away with that flatness. Could you talk a bit about that? Yeah. So the past has like it unique like allure and the farther back you go, like there's like few visual record you find. So like digital and instant camera were not uh, widespread. So often like we are like we are we have like black and white photo and uh, our imagine like imagination uh, like like have to like feel the rest. So like additionally, like not all song like in trends are past and documented in internet. So especially like a local and niche one. Um, so which I created in Eurofat. This can make it like challenging for because um, like I- I'm making Mid Journey. So Mid Journey uh, is all like English language prompt model. I was using my limited vocabulary and I have to explain like really niche one. Like it's easy to, you know, come up like if you put the like Michael Jackson or Mickey Mouse, like it's really popular and it's always like turned out really good. But if I have to put like really niche culture, like like Japanese, like 80s, like certain fashion tribe that was existing in like five years or something it's never like turns out really good so i was like talking to chat gpt and i just put like all the wikipedia of like that culture and i want to make a prompt i want to make a change a little bit or like i was like always like consulting with chat gpt to make a like really great prompt to mid journey and that um, process was really uh, interesting and makes me think about oh like maybe Japanese unique culture like all those are like make it more like a filter for AI era so like you like many people already using like Tambike or Angra K as a, like a really popular prompt which was like like really um, specific niche um, Japanese, like young youth group. And it's really, uh, yeah, it's really interesting era is coming up, I think. Mm. Have you seen a lot of other like Western biases in the AI that you've been using other than just having to do it, like in, ha- having to actually prompt in English? Yeah, yes. I, I, I see lo- uh, lots of like Western, not only Western, but um most of the prompt is really created by human biases. So I I definitely feel there is a lack of data of like uh, South Asian people's face. Uh, I think RE version, like white people face has been like really turns re- uh, like more realistic. And, um, and also like I was trying to type um, how like a house husband like wearing a apron and cooking and woman in a suits or something but it's always like turned out like woman is wearing apron and a man is wearing suits <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's so they have like 
have a like a stereotype they're they're really affected by like Jap um like human stereotypes so i have to like hack of that stereotype by prompting so <laughs> um yeah I, so japanese 80s makeup is really inspired by like western glam rock style but it's less heavy so i try to put like glam rock style like 50% less or something like lighter version of glam rock or like mixing up like different cultures and yeah it's it's been really interesting but i think think about the humans um stereotype and it's i have to hack hack all the processes so i i want to ask uh or i want to kind of move into more like generalized ai questions but uh-huh. kind of as like an intro to that like shivani i'm wondering because i want to i want to talk about like the attitudes about ai from like different like, youth cultures and i at least in the u.s don't have a finger on the pulse of either ai or youth culture so shivani i'm wondering if you can <laughs> maybe do a better job than i can at that i don't know identifying how ai is kind of sneaking into the lives of like young people in the u.s from your conversations you had from the observations you've made well i mean probably the most obvious one is dating app um, <laughs> like we have very good algorithms that match us based on things we type in based on the zip code we're in like that's the most basic version and probably half the people i know are meeting on dating apps so maybe that's like the sneakiest one um but you wouldn't call it like ai you would call it like very good machine learning and statistics um i think certainly people are interested in the capabilities like across age and like race gender country of like something like chat gpt um but the usability of the thing really stops for a certain point for your average person aside from the novelty factor i think there's a long way to go but that's why i find what emmy's doing and like linda and a lot of artists from different backgrounds who are trying to break this stuff and understand what its capabilities are um sure I would be, I mean, I would, I would just like repackage the same question for you, Emmy. In Japan, I mean, I really feel like we're in the Western world and East Asia, especially China, right? Maybe not as much Japan, but there's a whole part of the East that we just have absolutely no idea hmm. on what is developing there, what is true versus what is not, because we get news that's very different from the reality. So, like, I'm curious. For you in Japan, if young people are gravitating towards like something like AI or something like digital art, um, mm. or is there kind of like a a block saying like, okay, that's interesting and it's cool, but it's happening in a way that doesn't really affect us? I, I, I mean, maybe it's all the same because we're all on the internet, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, obviously, like from this year, is everything has been changing, and I think like ChatGPT. And like mid journeys stuff were definitely democratized, like AI. But um, I'm not sure, like if it's become like norm, like American world. Um, still, it's a bit. I think ChatGPT text is like more 
feels more natural when I use in English. It's still like Japanese friendly conversation is very machine like. And also, I cannot still prompting in Japanese in mid journey. I, I, I can do it in Niji journey, but it's, I still feel have a gap. But this like, language barrier is,、uh, I think. We're gonna break in, in like two months or three months. It's, it's very fast.、Yeah. And I think Japanese people in general are、um, really、uh, open minded for like, latest technology.、Um, I think、mm-hmm. because of the,、um, like,、uh, it's a national character, I, I guess, like very optimistic、mm-hmm. about the technology.、Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's. Because of the,、um, our like realistic way of thinking, I, I think like, it's very、uh, open mind for like, science and chemistry、uh, compared to Christian salt. And, it's, and also, like, if you watch like, Japanese anime, like, robots are always friends. Yeah. And、yes. <laughs> I've been to like, a robot. Contest in like US and Japan high school, and I, I really see the difference of the design of the robot. Like, American one is really like a weapon ish look, <laughs> so it's like a, a Boston Dynamics looks, but in Japan,、yeah. like, it's more like a dry moon or Astro Boy look. It's very like, like, technology has to be always cute. For Japanese people. And yeah, like everyone has a kind of like neutral y、uh, thought of the technology, like AI. Like not many people are hating that much what compared to West. I want to hang on that idea of being optimistic towards technology because I think、mm-hmm. that that also describes the 80s, at、mm-hmm. least from the American side, in a really powerful way because the visual touchstones for me of the 80s. It's like Star Wars, it's、mm. Tron, it's like、mm-hmm. video arcades, you know, full、yeah. of just like lights and sounds and whirring and like mechanical,、uh-huh. yeah. I don't know, like stimuli.、Uh-huh. And it does seem like the 80s was maybe the only kind of decade as a whole where optimism around technology as a whole was kind of universally felt and also blended its way into the aesthetics. Because、yeah. at least in the, in the US, and, and totally just my experience, but You know, the rise of the internet in the 90s and the 2000s, there was almost like a dystopic dirtiness to the、mm-hmm. internet culture. Not that it wasn't beautiful in its own way, but that I think that optimism was very quickly lost amid the like slush of the internet.、Mm-hmm. So, and I, I know that you、um, have made a large part of your career taking photographs in, in Harujuku,、uh, which is, again, just from my perspective, this like breeding ground for. You know, technology、mm-hmm. and optimism around technology, and like、yeah. really interesting technological <laughs> aesthetics and like really wild aesthetics.、Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking about that today in terms of AI because it does feel like this is the new, you know, sea change in、um, yes, technology.、Mm-hmm. But no aesthetics, I think, on a ground level, right? There's aesthetics within art, but no aesthetics have really blended or came out of that yet. I think it's just too. Infantile, the way that、uh, an internet, an internet motivated aesthetic did emerge.、Mm. So, you know, this comes back to a, a, a larger question I wanted to ask you, which is actually a quote from your NFT in talk, which is where does newness come from?、Mm. 
Mm. And, and I don't really know where that newness came from in the eighties. Again, it just seemed to kind of spring up. I know that star Trek inspired it, at least in the West and star Wars, the original came out in 1977. So that probably inspired it somewhat, but now we're looking at this new paradigm shift moving into the AI age or an age that is at least going to be aesthetically informed by AI to some serious extent. So I'm wondering with the rise of AI, this question of, you know, everything's being very muddled, what defines new for you? How are we going to know when something new has emerged from this kind of AI age? Mm, that's a hard question. I don't know yet. And it's not really obvious that, 90s or to like 80s or yeah it's it's like it's very, become like more complicated but i think the new and period of 2010s to 2020 is characterized by like filter bubble created by social media algorithm and accelerating like division like or like pursuing like justice and post 2023 i think new may characterize by a semi-transparent layer of information that like mm. even dense denser filter so perhaps we're gonna be like too busy watching the endless reboots it's it's kind of sounds really dystopian, but you're gonna watch like Back to the Future four, five, seven, eight, nine, yeah, like, like episode two hundred with like Ghibli Studio Ghibli style or something. So yeah, it's I I don't know like no one no one can um, expect future, but I believe like that even like more like chaotic and it's. It will be really hard to finding like aesthetic in each era. Uh, we we already cannot find like aesthetic for 2010. It's hard, but <laughs> I think um, like all all device is really can be a like fashion item. Like like young people loves like cassette for like fashion or something yeah like i think like dig digital devices only only like can tell like if it's from past like all the fashion is gonna be like really cycling like you 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 don't look weird like if you were some 80s or 70s or not to, like y2k fashion right so but if you're just having like ipod like first generation it would be like really retro so i think hardware yeah. is definitely bring your sentimental feeling but um i don't know the newness about 2010 like 20s and mm. it's really hard well i think the thing that's difficult for me to sort out when it comes to figuring out the quote-unquote ai aesthetic is that ai is a system that has to be trained on input mm. right as, as far as i know and as far as what i've been told by people a lot more intelligent about AI than I am. AI can assemble, but it can't mm -hmm. imagine um, mm. in the way that mm. I, we can. You know, it can't extrapolate outside the bounds of what it knows. So mm. Shivani, I'd love to get your opinion. You know, can AI even create new or can it only to this point merge, recycle? I guess it depends on obviously what you define new as. I mean, it's basically remix culture to a max. 
I feel like that's the only aesthetic I could say I've witnessed through crypto art and then with like AI is like a lot of remixing and there's this kind of stable diffusion aesthetic which is like fuzzy like everyone knows it's AI now um but beyond like the generated image um I mean I definitely think there's like a I, I don't know it's it's a bit like dark humor meets like cutesiness that yeah. is an that is a important aesthetic <laughs> and like what max and then you know like i can think of a couple like instagram accounts and projects where there is some kind of character which has a cutesy element to it but then it'll say like i'm so alone like on the bottom <laughs> or something <laughs> something that makes you kind of laugh because you're like i get it like we're all kind of alone behind our screens on social media like but at the same time we can laugh about it um like i would bright, agree with you right nihilism yeah i mean i agree with you emmy that division is a lot of the ways that the first 2010 mm. um at least from a social perspective like labeling and and um virtue signaling you know um but max your question was around ai specifically or like yeah again broadly? like when we look back on internet culture, right? What it was mm -hmm. a lot of the time was blending of culture, blending of individual mm -hmm. culture, blending of individual perspectives. And from that emerged something more or less, you know, new uh, in that kind of marriage. But AI doesn't do that necessarily. AI doesn't take oh, if it can create things that are, uh... yeah, it doesn't create anything new, even in the marriage. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, a, it is, anthropomorphic yeah it is it is taking on a human identity because it is a reflection of us so like i do talk to people who are like yeah i've asked very intimate questions to my ai that i like mm -hmm. or like i run something mm -hmm. on my laptop that like i'm getting closer to um so like it, it is like becoming a mirror mm -hmm. Right. But it's its ability to infer, like, I think there has to be a lot more technical advancement, um, which is all possible, to be honest. It's about forming like a longer memory context so that the, the and, and also the the thing editing itself. So like not just an LLM that's static, but something that that is able to recognize all the different LLMs that exist. Mm. Like there is a theory on how could create but i think that is very much gonna take time and a question of do we want to go there for the average person um am i interested in having that be like a sentient thing and if it is sentient what rights does it have so i want to i want to phrase this question in another way because i i think that that informs it really well but I, I, and I want to go back to my previous point of like, so you have the internet culture, right? Which is a mind and a mind kind of meshing in a way they haven't before. And then something new emerges, right? When mm -hmm. any of us use AI, whether it's me using ChatGPT or Emmy using um, MidJourney, you are interacting with the grandiose glut of all information, but just the parts of it that you're querying essentially. So it's not a, it's not a secondary mind that is coming into uh, collision with you. It is your mind being amplified 
essentially, mm-hmm. right? And touching yeah. a little bit further than what it could before. And I, I think about um, neural fad uh, within this context, because all of the, the clothing that you've designed, yeah. all of those characters that have been created, they are unintelligible. They're completely new, but they're still somehow settled in a context. So I, I, I love this idea of you inventing a fake history, but it's still a history that branches off from known history. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a really good kind of analogy for how this works, right? Like it still is based in the foundations of reality, but mm-hmm. t- like twists a little bit. It's almost like historical fiction as opposed mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. you know, a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still, I think um, in a couple of years or I don't know, like after six months, it's like six swingers going to be um, retro, new retro. I don't know. Like, it's, I think AI generated image is touring to perfection. So um, I'm not sure like all the glitch is happening in next three months, but I'm just um, keep making. And I think, um, but uh, how about uh, talking about the recycling thing? I would argue AI can indeed imagine. So like who is to say combination is contrast and all the components are not like from like imagination. So um, yeah, like I've always like remixing like lots of inspiration, like even for my creation. Satellite Yang is like definitely the like creation that like remixing (laughs) and like (laughs) <laughs> changing like fake 80s idol like singing about uh, like tinder or like ai <laughs> so it, it's very like paradoxical and i think like always like newness is came from like all the component and but like if i use ai like more unexpected um like mix is come out and it's very uh, it's very fun to watch like all the glitch is happening. I sometimes like do like misspell or I uh, I choose wrong words, but it's if it's like turns really fun. I'm just gonna keep it. And but I have to like say it's really important to more when it's I I, I said like democratizing of like aesthetic. So like. When when the time mm-hmm. uh, all the aesthetic is has been de- democratized, like you have to like tell your story or like narrative from the human behind the machine is more important, more become more more important than um, before. I, I I believe so. Shivani, before I I was going off on whatever rambling nonsense I was going off of and you like put your fingers together and like licked your lips as if I had served you like a Christmas goose on a platter. Do you want to uh, say whatever it was was on your mind? Then? I don't remember. What, what did you say? I have no idea. I just I saw you like literally put oh, your hands yeah, yeah, together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, you said something about how it amplifies us. Like I really do think it is like, like Emmy, your neural fad project for me, it's, I love it because it's it's your brain like on steroids, you know, like it's all these images and ideas and thoughts mm-hmm. and like yes. ramblings and like weird wispy feelings that you're able to put into images, which is so cool. 
and I see the whole story that you're building, right? I mean, I can imagine even from this set of images you're building, you could create a whole game or a whole movie, right? And maybe those tools will be possible soon. So Max, maybe my thing was like, I just, I agree with you that it is like an amplification of our brains and it allows us to like manifest in a real way, like things that we're imagining. Um, yeah. which is a, a huge leap forward for humanity, I think. So, so I have <laughs> one more question about AI and then I, we have to surface from this topic because yeah. <laughs> we can get down. Uh, so <laughs> my last question about AI, Emmy is you said, uh, and I'm going to say just a long quote of yours. You said AI is interesting for the way it offers insight into an individual's different desires, but given the prospect of infinite content, I also feel that it could obscure historical truths. I am anxious for a world in which there is no longer a boundary between real and fictional pasts. And that's both super inspiring, but also I think quite disturbing uh, based on who's going to be wielding that power. But I think that that sentence is really pregnant, right? The way you say you're anxious for this world as both anxious that it's coming or you're ready for it to come. So I'm curious, what are you anxious about? within that paradigm, a paradigm that you, at least with neural fat are helping to create or kind of paving the way for? Yeah, like, as I mentioned earlier, I'm very scared of um, future that you you (laughs) have to watch Back to the Future episode 30, uh, 300. (laughs) Like, you just keep watching. And you, you put the favorite, maybe like your crush in the movie, um, like using favorite actor or like actress or like you you just use filter to like studio ghibli version or like something so yeah it's we're gonna overflow with infinite generated information and then you just keep watching we just keep consuming and like even though like oh there's a like incident is happening it's like world war has started but the people mm-hmm. was oh I don't care like I mm-hmm. might be like deep fake I don't know like if it's true or not like we we said post truth era um like couple of years ago but uh, uh, I think like like real one real real post truth era is kind of weird way to say but <laughs> it's like on the way and yeah it's it's really disturbing, but I think we still have to face like both utopian side and dystopian side, and we have to use your imagination to think about um, like what is bad scenario, like good scenario, and that way, like I believe that process makes better world and better use for new cutting edge technology. Otherwise, it, like it's always like all the technology that we're using now is exponentially changing every day and it's hard to catch up with uh, role and rules so we have to yeah we have to think about what what would like all the ethic come from so yeah yeah i um i use chat gpt a lot when i'm writing fiction i'm working Mm -hmm. on a project that requires me to translate a lot into hebrew which is really hard if you're not using an AI. Um, but the AI, you know, I've fine tuned it so that it 
it translates into Hebrew and then it transliterates that Hebrew back into English letters that I can read. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've noticed is that if I ask it to translate something twice, it gives me two different answers. So mm. for the last, however long I've been writing, whatever this project is, I have no idea if the, I've used a lot of Hebrew. I have no idea <laughs> if it makes sense contextually, <laughs> if they're real words. I, I, I have no idea. Um, Shivani, I'm wondering, I promise this is the last AI and then we got to come up for air. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm wondering, is there any way to keep not truth necessarily, but factuality intact when the AI is going to be, when AIA is going to just become more and more of a comprehensively used tool for information gathering? Like, is there a way to not keep a secondary form of Hebrew from developing based on chat GPT's limited understanding of Hebrew? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. Right. Um, but honestly, it's not the AI to be worried about. It's the human that's using the AI. Like humans do all kinds of fucked up stuff. Like we're the ones that would most likely take the thing and do something with it that would be really weird. Like that's <laughs> why we're in the post-truth era. It's like a lot of governments have done that. Um, so <laughs> that's my thought process is like, I don't, I'm not so afraid of accelerating or growing AI. I am more interested in like, are human beings taking the time to reflect? Mm. Like are people finding goodness? Am I going to go buy a pocket Hebrew dictionary and cross-reference everything? <laughs> no, but that's why, like, the interaction of artistry and emerging technology is so important because it brings a humanity to it. Yeah. Um, it asks you to think about why you're doing it and where and who's involved and, like, what stories are we trying to tell? So, yeah, I, I don't think – I think it's inevitable. But I, I think if humans can – make choices in better ways, which involves reflecting and trying to navigate this new landscape together, then maybe we'll save ourselves from the worst. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. <laughs> All right. We're, we're coming, we're coming yeah. up for air. Cause I got to ask you, Amy, a couple of questions about like crypto art and NFTs and stuff, just cause this is nominally yeah. a crypto art and NFT based podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so from what I understand, Amy, so you started in NFTs because your son started Zombie Zoo, right? Yes. The NFT project. And then you mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of were now involved in this ridiculous daily minutia. And then you created Shinsei Galvers. And I'm wondering, knowing that you have this multifaceted artistic practice in Japan with fashion and photography and music, how did your peers kind of react to you going deeper into the NFT and crypto art world? And was there acceptance? Was there pushback? Um, they're always like pushback, like when I'm using like new technology, uh, like AI or uh, crypto. But uh, most of the people are surrounded me is really um, very cheering, and I I think like I have been stuck struggle um, in like maintaining focus, and I I'm really like hyperactive ADHD person, I cannot um, focusing on like doing like, a, um, you know, uh, polishing my skill, skill set to get, but like I, I was like a little bit good at uh, singing or like creating like worldview, but I cannot, I, I couldn't make it like all by myself. And I, I need like big fund for, um, um, I didn't have money to, create anime 
uh, and but um, because of the Web three and like AI, like all those like new technology has been really empower me, and um, I think uh, Web three is connecting like all the dots that I had, and Shinsei Galvers is the uh, one successful case that. Um, like I had a taste, and I wanted to recreate like '90s anime, and it's it it was it was not possible in um in 2018, and all those technology has been in part of me uh my like um, personally. So people are really um yeah encouraging, I think. And our cryptocurrency. Like not cryptocurrency, like blockchain tools, are they in wide use by Japanese artists today? Like, do you know other Japanese crypto artists that are, you know, yeah, it's kind of... it's increasing, and I think um, Zombie Zoo has definitely democratizing uh, NFTs. My my son, he has been on the Japanese TV show more than fifty times. Like when they are explaining, like what is NFT? Like they always put the people and like dog, uh, meme dog photo and zombie zoo. <laughs> so and like so so like many of the artists like who are not uh, good at like technology, like they started because of my son. And like they always said, oh, I started uh, NFT because like eight years old people of like child can do it i maybe i can do it and they started so um yeah and many people draw illustration and animation in japan so many people are started using ai technology but um that's only like people surrounded me so i think yeah, if I think about like all the mainstream in Japanese like artists, like many artists are like scared of like crypto and NFT because um, yeah, they they don't have a image of like all the authentic artists is doing. Like they they have an image of like PFP or like Web three like tech tech survey people like having a community or something so yeah i'm teaching at the tokyo university of arts and uh i'm teaching at the freshman and um university of like it's best art university in japan um but most of the people uh never tried nft or yeah even ai i think so i'm yeah i'm trying to mass adaptation for yeah uh, where like good, I want to bring great artists into this world. I want that too. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that's a really interesting point you made about kind of just seeing NFTs all together through the lens of PFPs because I think we do that too in mm. the U.S. But mm. I think what the U.S. has is a assumption of its own self superiority, an assumption mm. of its own its own being central in the kind of global dynamic. Mm-hmm. I promise I'm going to make a point from this. Um, so you look at these PFP projects, right? Let's take CryptoPunks as an example. And it's more or less like it has no real cultural touchstones of any kind. 
there are different skin colors and you know, gender identities of CryptoPunks, but it's very surface level, right? There's, it's not attached to a specific history. It's not attached to a specific country. It's, mm. and, and because of that, it strikes me as very Western and very American and very white, which is assuming it, you know, it, it is like the Ur culture. Also, bless you, Shivani. I saw that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But I think it's interesting that to say a Japanese audience who may not have as much automatic exposure to NFTs, it may be a lot more alienating to see a completely, I don't know, a cultural PFP project like CryptoPunks or like Bored Apes in mm. place of something that might have more intrinsic value. Like there's, I just, I think we're lacking in like aesthetic visual yeah. diversity in a lot of mm. crypto art. Um, you know, I was talking to uh, Andre Sigelbaum the other day and, uh, and he, we were talking about Jewish mythology and there's not a lot of like Jews working in crypto art that I know of. And while that's not a, an issue necessarily in and of itself, I think it's a broader issue, which is people hide. They don't hide necessarily, but they are hidden behind PFP projects that take away mm. their own identities. And they're working oftentimes with a flattened artistic continuum that denies specific cultural touchstones. I just, I don't, maybe I'm not going to make a point on that after all. I just, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I totally agree that, um, like back in 2021, when I was really about releasing Shinsei Galbraith, there are so many like anime NFT that was created by Western people. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's like some of them has a like respect for like Japanese culture, but some of them are just using random Japanese word and it looks like Japanese, but it's very weird to me so um i was making shinsei galbraith because the not because like anime is a trend it's a, just because like we love that world view so yeah i think um i think it's very important to bring more like different like diverse culture not only just like ethnicity or like countries but also um like lots of different industry i think nft is just a tool and we are still tinkering like how we use like, it can be like community ticket it can be a it, it's token but it can be your like a art certificate or i don't know like um we still have to like talk and like multi multidisciplinary um view i totally agree I, I was looking it up, but uh, Shinzi Galvers is like visually one of the coolest projects. Thank you. Um, it sure reminds me of Sailor And Moon. I think a lot. Yeah, it's so it's so fun, and there's so much uh, like Japanese exoticism mm -hmm. that happens. And I feel like it's it's not something to like look down on, but to to be like, okay, actually, when it comes from a team that is integrating a whole culture and a past and then reiterating it and experimenting with nfts it's just way cooler the the thing that that comes out it has so much more depth mm. um and i agree with you that nfts are like very much in their infancy and i think in the art crypto art sense we get very tied up to like 
the moral high ground of what art is when the reality is, is that NFTs are very much an experimental tool to make art and to make other things. Um, And I think you have explored that without judgment and not a lot of artists have been able to find that balance, Mm. um, which is super cool. Ditto. Well, I echo that sentiment and Mm -hmm. um, I think we're also at about the 50 minute mark. So maybe we should get out of here. What do you guys think? All right, great. Uh, a resounding yes from Emmy and Shivani. Yeah. Um, all right, well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Emmy, thank you so much for joining us. I love picking your brain. Um, thank you. And this has been another episode of the Mocha Live podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We'll be back here next week at around the same time. So we'll let you know when. So have a lovely rest of your day, everyone. Shivani, Emmy, thanks again for being here, and we'll see you later. Thank you.